Welcome, this is One Hour of Sunshine with Megan Joy Haverda. I am your host. You can find all 14 episodes on YouTube, iTunes, or on my website, meganhaverda.com. We are filming this show out of the sandbox in Santa Barbara, California, a co-working hub for entrepreneurs and change makers. This show is for business leaders that are willing to admit that they use their intuition to make business decisions and to navigate their lives. This show will elevate and normalize intuitive skills in the workplace and allow such skills to be seen as great assets to companies, organizations, communities, and families. Imagine someday LinkedIn listing intuition as a skill. Our guests today are industry leaders, business partners, and dear old friends. Kevin Litwin, Executive Vice President of LNR Group of Companies, and Ziggy Peak, Entrepreneur and Technologist. Every show, I share an intuition of the day. And I really tune in to the guests or guest. And sometimes it comes in meditation, sometimes it comes through a dream, sometimes I'm just simply folding the laundry and, you know, something will hit me. And today I would like to talk about affinity groups. People gravitate towards what they are energetically matched with. The saying goes, you attract what you are. As people access more consciousness, eat better, exercise more, hate less, love more, their affinity groups get more and more refined. They become more discerning about where reciprocity lives and where they will be able to be their full and unbridled selves while in the company of others. For the audience today, I want to share what an exhilarating multi-year process it has been for me to cull unhealthy and draining and dishonoring relationships from my life and therefore allowing myself more energy and time to nurture the positive, productive, respectful, and kind relationships in my life, business and personal included. It's been well worth the effort, let me tell you. So Kevin and Ziggy, your friendship has stood the test of time, successes and failures, and you've remained close friends. Kevin um, joked that today's show would be getting the Holy Trinity together, (laughs) (laughs) and I'm honored to be in your affinity group. All three of us are futurists and innovators. We have high integrity and really invest in people and long-term relationships. We are fair but stern. We hold ourselves to a high standard. We believe that we can improve how the world and society functions in our lifetime. And we're playful and adventurous. We believe in politics still and understand the power of policy and the power of people. From such different backgrounds with such different educational paths and very different career paths, it's fascinating to me how much we have in common. (laughs) Not to mention that we're different genders. Uh, So I just love how aligned our values are and it's really fun to sit here with you today. I'm going to give a little bit of background how I know you both and then we're going to dive into the interview. Ziggy. In 2005, 2006, I was your business banker at Citigroup. Indeed you were. (laughs) (laughs) I was your loan officer fighting the good fight to get your business what it needed. And, you know, I look back on those times and digging through someone's business financials is as delicate and intimate a process as any. And through that experience, I learned so much about you, your integrity, your commitment to your team, your clients, your technology, and we've stayed friends all these years. Um, and it's really <laughs> it's really special to walk through town and run into you. And we just have this like plume of joy when we see each other. Um, and I think that has to do with not only the affinity group stuff, but we had a, we had a forced, societally acceptable um, intersection of intimacy, right? With the finances of your business and you needed that loan and I fought for you for that loan and the business thrived. And, you know, you don't forget times like that. I'll never forget your excitement, stress, wonder, you know, how it was all going to turn out. So it was such an honor to be there in that time for you and with you. 
And Kevin, I met you through Ziggy. So thank you, Ziggy. Um, and I met you related to LED lighting. I helped to found and build Ellipse Lighting USA, and they're still growing strong, actually. Um, and some of your installs with LNR and Joe's Parking, some of them were great, and others had a big learning curve for this basically LED startup, which had success internationally, but they were new to the US. And you were so patient. You had such a steady temperament through kind of the, the crap moments and the success moments. And it says a lot, you know, about both of you and me too. We have the patience to mature young companies, to mature young technologies, to teach them how to play with the big boys and girls. And if we don't have those patience as entrepreneurs, n new innovations won't hit the marketplace in a significant way. They'll, st they'll stay boutique and they'll stay in their little garages. And, um, and it's, it was really brave of you to take a chance on us. So I'll never never forget that. Well, you also had another passenger on board at that time. <laughs> I was really <laughs> pregnant, and I looked like a whale. <laughs> a cute whale, a but cute whale. nonetheless, very rotund. <laughs> You're so sweet. So, you know, welcome, you two. We want to hear your story you. today, and maybe you could start by bringing us up to date, each of you individually, what you're working on right now, what is challenging you, what's kicking your creative juices in the butt, what's what's on deck right now? You want to go first? Yeah, I'll start. Okay, because cool. <laughs> that was a big, that was a big introduction. <laughs> that was a big introduction, was, <laughs> and I, I appreciated the reflection. Actually, you know, a lot of the show is about intuition. Yeah, and I would say that um, so much of our initial kind of getting to know each other, because choosing someone to work with for me is a lot about you know what is that energetic connection with that person yeah. it's not just what skills do they have and yeah. it's not just what do they look like and it's not just you know some of those superficial things um, but what you brought which I really appreciated right out the gate was passion and here we are in banking right <laughs> and there's passion and that, that that stood out to me yeah as someone who um, I felt was a, a great fit to see where we could go with it and it turned out it, it was a great fit and uh, your fight you know, in that sense, not not um, friction, yeah, but rather the commitment. That's what I mean by fight. Um, shown through, and uh, and that's one of the reasons why I still love and respect you today. Thank you. Uh, so background for me, uh, well, a lot has changed in my life. Um, in that time, I was in the parking industry, kind of full force. Mm -hmm. um, I still am in some interesting ways. Have some unique projects going along. A um, little bit more on the the consultative side, and also um, some technology innovation with a couple of key partners that are, are looking to do something a little different with the way in which they interact with their consumer or customer base, okay. um, municipalities and, and the like, and in, uh, in some private industry. But what, what's really got me going today is much more about how teams are built and who those teams are comprised of and mm. how that execution occurs. Mm. So it's more about building excellence into every business I get involved in, whether or not they had it mm -hmm. or not. Mm -hmm. So I've been fortunate to be brought into some companies and to help uh, at an executive level, have them rethink their internal strategy, not just their external strategy, right. and to help to cultivate an awareness of why. Mm -hmm. right? What is the why? Mm -hmm. And why the why? Mm -hmm. right? And all those, those deeper questions that business any of us who have been in business get so caught up in the day-to-day -day minutia yeah. or the you know quarterly objectives, you know <laughs> the financial goals um, that we forget that you know companies uh, at their base are made up of people. Even if it's one person who conceived of an idea and, and strung together a whole lot of technology and they're working from the Bahamas on the beach, they are still the one person in that company. Yeah. company or companies don't currently build themselves. Yeah. So really focusing on the people component of that and then the data and then the, you know, everything else that comes with it. So that's manifested into a number of different enterprises mm. that I'm involved in. One in particular, which I want to mention today, is called Canine's Best Delights. Mm. And it's what I really love about this business. First and foremost are the people involved and their commitment to excellence in each of their own kind of market pieces within the company, what their expertise is, but, but also the commitment to why. And the why of it is just very simply trying to create the best product on the market at the greatest value. 
right? And to make a difference in that space educationally for everyone else who's stumbling around with it because it's a whole hemp, mm -hmm. you know, nutritional product. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot going on in the industry today of what does that mean legally and, and, and all the rest of the business. Um, there are certain things you can and can't say even. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so uh, it's very interesting to be in a, such an, in a, a burgeoning space where there's a lot of politics, there's a lot of law, mm -hmm. there's a lot of demand, there's a lot of confusion, mm -hmm. and to be able to help to articulate that yeah. for all involved and to navigate those waters has been an incredibly rewarding and challenging process while creating the best product you possibly can mm -hmm. at the highest standards at the greatest value. Did you say canine? Canine. Okay. So A-N-I-N-E, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's, mm -hmm. a, it's a pet treat. Wow. Um, nutritional product company. Okay, good. And so we've got three SKUs that are coming online. Huh. Um, one is for hip and joint. What? For older dogs that are, you know, struggling and how to help them get more vitalized. All vegetarian or some meat products? Uh, no, there are some meat products. They are dogs. I have a great bison connection for you. Super. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and so one of the things that we are fortunate to have is incredible access and control and not control, but more uh, uh, partners within the sourcing and manufacturing space. So mm -hmm. we're, we're mm -hmm. really kind of, you know, field to, to, to market, mm -hmm. right? We're, we're mm -hmm. at all levels of the process. Um, and that's neat because a lot of times in business, you end up with just kind of the, the latter stages after mm -hmm. going through all the middlemen or, the, or whoever sources the original um, mm -hmm. product. But we actually have, you know, access to and influence over the exact formulation of everything that's in it and where it comes from. Awesome. And then where it's made and then how it's distributed. You know, earlier today when um, Kevin and I, he had just arrived and we were talking, we were talking about the old guard and the new guard and how, you know, th th there's brackish water in the middle right mm -hmm. now because everybody's still in the workplace. And someplace that I really see it become very obvious, the work styles is in manufacturing. So it's great that you're in the middle of that, helping navigate that and retool it and redesign it. Um, and something else Kevin and I were talking about is how in our generation, it's become powerful to say, I don't know. Love those words. <laughs> I love. No idea. Those words. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that's the foundation of learning. But I'll figure it out. That's the foundation of learning. <laughs> Right? I mean, you have to have the question right. yeah. to get the answer. Right? Yeah. Well, that's really neat because this is our this is our second Airedale Terrier that mm -hmm. me and my wife uh, uh, have, and the f the last Airedale it started to degenerate uh, from the spine and the hips, and uh, to a point where we had to get a wheelchair really for it. Mm -hmm. So as it was slowly losing the its use of the hind legs. Uh, for one, a lot of the veterinarians, and, and I'll tell you a quick one too about the current dog too, but a lot of the veterinarians were quick to do surgery and they were quick to, you know, uh, get them in and, and, uh, and, and do medications and, and all different kinds of other paths. So we start going to the vet store and it's really hard to find, um, products that aren't, I guess, as mass produced and stuff. And, and you're trying to find, okay, what's. And What's can good actually specifically assimilate with the joint. dog better. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and because there's a whole. I didn't know any of this stuff until my current wife, because she she's an Airedale fan. But uh, there's there's um there's a whole different type of, of medicine nowadays. When I had a dog growing up, it was just in the backyard, and and you know you gave it shots and you know survive. Uh, but now they have dermatologists and they have uh, they have your regular like hip and bone people and joint people, whatever. Um, so it was f hard to find a product that that was uh, helping nurture those areas. And then our current, all these were rescues. Uh, the current one is the current one, Rescue Airedale. He was limping. We got him when he was six weeks old. Six weeks oh, wow. old, a rescue. Uh, and um, so as he was growing up, for whatever reason, his, his right leg uh, wasn't working. And so we're like, well, let's watch it develop. Let's see. Get but all the... Doctors were right away, throw them on medication, do all this, you know, get them on the, on the Apoquil. No, not the Apoquil. That's the, the skin irritation. Um, I forget what the, the one pain medication is. Little puppies, you know, and I'm like, well, this ain't, this is something weird. And uh, when he got, I want to say to about 10 months old, they were, they wanted to do surgery. They said, there's an issue with the knee joint and we're gonna have to shave it down and do whatever. And, and I was ready to do it. But my wife's like, wait, wait, wait. 
let's just let this pan out. And she goes, I think if I if I take it on more walks and, and we slowly build up the muscles and everything, now the dog's completely healthy and fine. And we changed the diet too mm -hmm. and got down to a specific product. There's a lot of bad products out there. Yes. A lot of junk. And, mm -hmm. and that's the, so it's like. That's really the thrust of, of what yeah mm -hmm. what we're all about is mm -hmm. that there's a lot of bad products out there i can't believe you're in that yeah i had no this I'm is so, so it's so odd today. <laughs> it's really I, sometimes <laughs> a lot of time goes by before we catch up <laughs> it really that's so odd i didn't know that <laughs> well good i'm glad he's doing better he or she this one's a he the last one was a, a she uh but he's now a um, little over two years old and we're fostering uh he's an airedale terrier he's a little over two year olds and right right now we're fostering a uh, fox hair terrier cute yeah and a terrier too. yeah she's, so smart yeah they really are they're interesting dogs never i grew up with german shepherds so yeah. I had total different uh experience <laughs> yeah. into this breed but definitely that's really wild man that's cool Oh, I look forward to seeing whatever product it is because they have been showing. I'll send you some samples. <laughs> it's, it's big with these dogs. No, it is. Know, it is for this breed in specific. I yeah, think. so the hip and joint being one of those one things of those, that's yeah. crucial because as all dogs age, you know, it's yeah. I mean, it's, it's almost a given. Just like when people, you know, we have geriatric related <laughs> issues, right? And <laughs> often it's hip and joint and you know things of that nature. Yeah. And. Um, and then the other one has to do with anxiety, which is another big pet oh, issue right now. Oh, jeez, yeah. So, wow. and the, the product, which I, I really like the name, is called Calm Down. Oh, oh wow. Cute. <laughs> it's very cute. Somebody, like, puts a, you know, a hammer to a nail in my neighborhood, and my dog's like, oh, my God, it's, it's the end of the world. Yeah. It's because there's so much that they can hear yeah. and are aware of that yeah. we just can't. And so it's, it's very hard, easy to be dismissive, and yes. it's hard to be very compassionate uh, for our little pets. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'm fortunate. I grew up with, with dogs, uh, a lot of mutts and, oh, yeah. and mixes, and dogs are great. peacocks and chickens <laughs> and ducks and you know all those things. Was, and just had a really neat experience with animals. So for me to come back to this later in my life has been a wonderful way to contribute to um, so much love that was given to me. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Ziggy, for all of that. And Kevin, what have you been up to? What's challenging you? What's inspiring you right now in your business life? So, Life in general. So the last uh, five years, at least in, in the downtown Los Angeles market, has just seen enormous growth. There's what, they, there's what they've been calling the renaissance of downtown. A lot of money has been put into the redevelopment of so many things down there and some big construction projects. So um, whether it's downtown or LA or across the country, I, I, I think... It, at least for us, what we've experienced was upside in the economy, and there's and there was a, uh, an explosion of that growth we've shared in that growth. So in the last year, we've been pretty much trying to get caught up from all the all that uh, that's happened in those those prior years, and and kind of like say, okay, let's slow down a little bit, you know, because you look at cases where you have Uber who's trying to take over the world and it doesn't look like it's being so successful, but you look at Lyft and they're taking markets. Yeah. Sometimes you have to sit back and say, let's just focus on markets and, and uh, I don't want to take, be strategic, mm -hmm. let's not take over, let's not let, go ahead of our supply chain and mm -hmm. whatnot. Mm -hmm. So at the end of last year, what we did was a big consolidation at the LNR group of companies, which owns multiple brands and we kind of brought it all under one roof and we and we 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 reconfigured reorganized our our executive structure to to oversee that and and that's basically how I I'm currently the executive vice president we have a president bringing all the brands together seeing where there are synergies that that each can play upon uh the the struggles with that though is is um the the distance uh, there you know we're spread out and about 16 different states mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and th there's different cultures in all these states that you come across so ways it's, it's of ways of communicating mm -hmm. ways of ways of uh, just conducting businesses mm -hmm. and similar to san diego as it is to milwaukee mm -hmm. and whatnot so but you, you 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 work on um you know basically once again people which we're talking about and that's our greatest asset uh, and, and helping develop and nurture that because with that explosion of growth sometimes I think uh, people end up getting uh, uh, for lack of a better word swept under the rug or, or you know you just kind of think okay hey, they're going to handle it mm -hmm. you know let's let's just keep going but you got to come back and, and 
there's been a whole uh, focus on training into this year. There's been a whole mm-hmm. focus then on to, uh, okay, no more growth and, and let's let's get things organized. Yeah. Because the structure guy starts to get thin and then in, in that organization process, there's, there's the training process. And, We've and building new leaders building from inside. New, exactly right, and and uh, finding those that's that's, that's really finding those quality uh, folks to mm-hmm. help you continue push on the vision or whatever you, you know mm-hmm. you're you're focused on at that time. And what it is for us is bringing back also the customer experience. Mm. There has just been um, you know back to downtown Los Angeles. There's just been a huge de- uh, demand mm-hmm. and this shortage of supply. So it's almost like it's just coming to you so the decisions are more in in the strategy of are we are we uh are we efficient and and are we in the right area with the market are we charging right prices and all that good stuff and you know are we doing all that right um and i think that process then you you tend to uh the customer uh, tends to get a little bit overlooked as the employee so both both of that now is the new focus for 2018 was to okay let's get back into the into the hospitality let's bring back uh you know what what made some of our brands such as the wally park airport mm-hmm. express so successful it's a more of a I hospitality remember. feel <laughs> yeah yeah it's, it's bringing back Love that hospi- hospitality feel and and uh what it's what its roots were in that it was uh it was a hotel yeah, experience very concierge, is what they were, concierge mm-hmm. exactly right so which we which we kind of lost a little bit of focus on the growth um and that's really been that's really been the concentration for for 2018 we all know you know it's hard to predict the future but we we at least feel that there's a storm coming Mm -hmm. you know there's going to be an adjustment for sure it's Mm -hmm. been uh you know going pretty good and strong for the last what 10 years almost now so we got to get ready for that adjustment Mm -hmm. and that's what Mm -hmm. we've been really doing and bringing that quality back getting ready for the adjustment and shoring up your team yeah exactly right that's really it's good to Good to hear your update. Good to see you. And um, yeah, the the new construction in LA and the traffic and the population is insane. Um, all right. So the next question, gentlemen, is um, when did you first decipher between ego and intuition? And I have literally had guests sit across from me and say, I've never had a problem with my ego. I've always been intuitive. And I'm like, well, la di da, good for you. No. <laughs> but most people um, had to decipher at some point. You know, what was the monkey mind trying to control the outcome versus how were they kind of acting from their higher self or that gut sense? I know in my tummy what's right to do here. And, you know, we've all had a different point in our life, maybe a series of points in our life where we were taught to discern between the two. So, I would say it's different for men and women, and I'm very interested to hear both of your answers. I went first last time. <laughs> oh, that's fine, uh, because I'm going to say my intuition came was, was with you. And, oh, uh, I and, bet. That's and cool. Working in the corporate world, um, boy, I was, well, I was like 10 plus years, and then leaving that, that publicly traded company that I was with and that corporate experience and then coming to work in a a more uh, smaller business venue with you and and uh, with the software company that me and Ziggy were involved with uh, almost six years ago now. Yeah. Uh, wow. That that was when, I mean, it, it wasn't just a, a minor awakening of intuition. This was huge. And we went on kind of a journey, yeah. uh, a, a, a real journey. And it, it was a, a trip we did into Chicago and it was, um w- without taking too much of your show over it was <laughs> that moment that you start to realize the to there's a uh there's i don't want to call it a stream but there's a current there's a, that you you're you want to be in the current you don't want to constantly be fighting against the current and i learned that on that trip in chicago well said and i think it, what that also educated me on was I do have tuition intuition I have tuition too I, I, <laughs> you paid a high tuition long to time ago yourself. long time ago it, I, and all my student loans are paid off but the, uh, the I I discovered that intuition on uh, our experience it wasn't the trip was the pinnacle of it but 
I think in the two years that we, me and Ziggy were working very close together was when I started realizing that uh, there I could rely more on my experience and say, hey, you know, it was, it was, it was more, it was, it was pretty comforting though, uh, from that from that trip alone, mm-hmm. to to know that you're just you're not the fear factor was taken out a bit because you're always constantly in that rat race and trying to climb that corporate ladder and and uh and then to to get to i think maybe it's the age thing too maybe that's right when i was turning 40 i don't know <laughs> it's some close right and there's, it's there's close some peace to 40. with 40 yeah, there I think is so. mm-hmm. uh and then so anyhow you're just resting on your resting on your loins at that point you know <laughs> that sounds nice yeah <laughs> <laughs> well say, say i love <laughs> i love that you said um current yes and right. there is i've seen twice in my life both in New Mexico, there's actually a gray, silvery grid line that wraps planet Earth, and that's how intuition works. That's how we connect energetically to one another. And, you know, I lived way up in the Sangre de Cristo Mountains. I was vegan, you know, very clean lifestyle. And I saw this twice in this beautiful, amazing, um, sustainable community, kind of a ranch. And I always made sure when I saw it that I would ask somebody else around me if they were seeing it, just mm-hmm. to validate what I was seeing. You know, it was broad daylight. It wasn't some trippy light show. <laughs> it's like northern lights or something like that? Um, it just looks like, remember those those um, grid lines you would climb in gym class? Mm-hmm. It looks just like that, except it kind of looks like clouds, gray little clouds. So there's actually science and mechanics around intuition and how we, God, that's so weird. I was just thinking about you and you called me. It's actually not that weird. It's actually science and it's mechanically proven. Um, You can actually Wikipedia grid lines Hmm. around the earth. Um, So. Well, it's magnetic for sure. Oh yeah. And, and so I, it's, Uh when you take two positives and you're trying to force that together, you got to switch it around and, and do the the, the other uh, the male and female whatever positive and negative, and uh, once again it's energy. Yeah. So I think you you can waste a lot of energy and into issues and, and trying to take on things that you can never end up really or coming forcing to, something forcing something mm-hmm. to get done, or you start. To find that path where it isn't so much of a force yeah. you know and it's just it just comes easy yeah and you attract the things that you need and are right for the thing whatever the thing is and it's direct it being able to recognize that mm-hmm. too i mean you could sit in gridlock traffic for two hours and finally say i should get off the freeway <laughs> and find a different path or, or be yeah. boneheaded and sit there for another two hours yeah. but you, you got to be able to recognize and and make that decision yeah to, to change moment to moment yeah what about you, Ziggy? I think it was, you know, it's a great question. And for me, I would say it was in junior high, and it was between seventh grade and eighth grade. And I was a free spirit, but also fairly self-willed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I kind of did my own thing and didn't care so much what you thought about it. Mm-hmm. Which sounds great <laughs> and, and can be it uh, from time to time. But that also called into question whether or not I was going to be invited back to the school I was <laughs> really enjoying being a part of. And uh, this was the Santa Barbara Middle School at the time. Uh-huh. And, and to their uh-huh. credit, uh, this is during a parent, you know, interview, or not interview, but... Uh, Intervention? <laughs> almost, nearly. <laughs> you know, kind of a, uh, <laughs> a discussion, conference. a conference discussion about, you know, the future and looking at the next year and, and all those things. And... I recall very specifically what they said to me was, you know, we really like you. You get along with all the teachers, the the students like you, you're very helpful on the trips we take. But if you don't pull your grades up, you're not coming back. And I had this reconciliation moment of looking at what I wanted, which was this kind of free-willed life and recognizing what the opportunities were to participate fully. Mm -hmm. And that was really kind of the the clarity that came. And I would say fortunately, because I don't know what the other path would have taken me down, (laughs) fortunately, choosing to fully participate 
has been this lifelong teaching process that continues to unfold a lot through that energetic experience. Mm -hmm. And in doing my best to cultivate awareness around what is happening, mm -hmm. not what do I want to happen, mm -hmm. what do I think should be happening, um, or distorting what did happen in some mm -hmm. way to justify some other decision or process or, or action I might take. So it was, it was fairly early on, I would hmm. say. He's well, a, he's, you're definitely a good guide, too, because <laughs> this experience we had uh, six or seven years ago, I was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> and Ziggy's like, go with it, man. You go with it. I was just like, I was like, oh, I've been man. doing this in seventh grade, pal. <laughs> well, and yeah. I, I just want to wrap around that because what was so fantastic <laughs> about this particular experience is we were both going to Chicago. Oh, yeah. And the way b the business circumstance was at the time, we were, we were, um, maybe even not going. It was kind of, it was really kind of strange. We didn't want to go. It, really, very complicated. <laughs> we made completely independent p plans without talking to each other. And while I'm sitting in LAX waiting for the flight that I had arranged uh, several weeks before, I see Kevin Litwin <laughs> come and sit down in a different spot back to me <laughs> while I'm talking to a mutual buddy of ours. And I said, is Kevin flying to Chicago right now? He's like, oh yeah, he, I think he just told me he just got to the airport. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. I mean, and we did everything. And we sat next to each other. And I went over and, and I kind of roused him a little bit and we laughed about it. And Kevin's words were, maybe we should just go to the beach. Yeah, 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 we, yeah totally. Because like, this is going to be gnarly. Right. <laughs> because <laughs> as hard as we tried, yeah. right, we, we wound up sitting next to each other yeah. on the flight. Yeah. And this is, you know, weeks of intentionally not trying to have that happen. Yeah. And if that isn't, you know, the universe or whatever yeah. it is, whatever forces are out there, magnetically connecting us. Yeah. And it was a, a truly bonding experience. Oh, it was a wild ride. That transcended just the physical coincidence of the, the yeah. event that we, we were You can't deny to. it. It was undeniable. Yeah. I think we could have went to the beach, though. <laughs> I mean, but having to get we on that flight, still would have been a good. Yeah, we probably would have been so much funner. But anyhow, we well, learned a lot a in lot. Chicago. Holy cow! It's something wow. I've witnessed about both of you individually and when you're together. I've done a lot of crazy travel. I used to work in international development, like ends of the earth, rainforest, Sahara Desert, all, all kinds of terrain and and cultures. And I didn't mean to, but I developed something called 360 degree awareness, which is basically on animal functions. And I, the minute I met you, I knew you had it. The minute I met you, I knew you had it. So um, how did you get that? Animal function? <laughs> 360 oh, degree awareness. When um, Maybe you're in the military. Maybe oh. you're just a great athlete. But you know, you can sense stuff behind you. Like yeah. he... When he started looking at you, you probably sensed somebody looking at you and you turned around. You know, we all have it. You can cultivate it and, mm -hmm. and nurture it. But um, I was just wondering how military corporate life had impacted that yoga. part of you. Yoga. Yeah. Surfing. Yeah. I was doing a lot of yoga at the time and sailing. Yeah. Sailing. That was, I'm a big sailor. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, we had a great shot too where me and Ziggy were out in. Uh, uh, Long Beach, I think. That was a really great picture. Um, you should share that with us. That'd be fun. I, 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 yeah, I can. I'll send it over to you. The, um, cool. So how do, you, how do you get that 360 awareness? Boy, that's a good question. What do you think? Yeah, I, you know, I think it is just some, for me, it's been something that's con through a commitment to it. One, I guess there was kind of a spark of awareness mm -hmm, that happened at mm -hmm. some point. I don't exactly recall what that was. Mm -hmm. um, I've done martial arts for a long time. I've played sports. I've you know done those things too in business, learning to be nimble. Mm -hmm, um, so you're you're looking resilient. At resilient. You're looking at all the little details. It's kind of grit, right? Yeah. To a certain extent, it's grit because it's uh, it's an ability to learn to adapt to your situation very quickly, as information is rapidly hit, firing and coming at you, and and you still need to succeed, at least in the mindset, yeah. is to succeed. And it has a real survival element. So mm -hmm. connecting that survival element to the current, the flow that you were talking about earlier, that's where the new paradigm is coming from, right? That's where we're going to create yeah. and redesign economies and industries. And Well, I would say that yes and 
a challenge that I think that we have as a global community is that we often tie that to aggression, like aggression or mm -hmm. aggressiveness. Mm -hmm. So it's mm -hmm. when at all costs and being very short-sighted about that is what we tend to think is a negative view of how business or government is currently operating or has mm -hmm. operated, mm -hmm. whether it was a monarchy or whether it was a dictatorship or, or whether maybe some people feel that our current you know, environment is like that. I think control. Con yeah, it's this, it's this challenge of control mm -hmm. that's being dictated mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. or told what one can and cannot do, whether it's political correctness or whether it's you know, anything else in your life, what you eat, what you don't eat, how you look, how you don't look, you know, any of those kind of control mechanisms. Mm -hmm. But when applying it to the idea of intuition, I love the idea of, this, of intuition being on LinkedIn, right, where it's no, it's who are you? Yeah. No, I, I had to think about that for a second, but as Ziggy was talking, it, I, I like to think that there, I still have some, some of that childlike curiosity, mm -hmm. which makes me want to scan things. And, and, and I, I think, you know, you're always trying to learn and always trying to see something new and trying to understand something new. So if you throw me in, I'm, I'm terrible with going to sporting events. I love sports. Who doesn't like, I mean, there's a lot of folks that don't, but if I go to a Dodger game, if, I, if I'm lucky enough to get, to get Dodger tickets to this World Series, I'll probably miss 90% of the game. Because you're scanning. Because I'm scanning. <laughs> and I'm just so curious about, wow, look at that. And whoa, what is that? Or, yeah. oh, what is it? And then the next thing you know, it's like it's the seventh inning. And I'm like, are we up? Are we winning? Oh. So I, I just, I, I hope I can maintain that as long as I can. Just keep absorbing as a sponge all this information that's around us because life's pretty cool you yeah. know and and to miss anything is is uh it's sometimes can be disappointing or a shame you're like oh man i miss that so yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, what I, I love about that metaphor is that you here you are in in a sports arena essentially or, or a stadium whose purpose is to focus on the players <laughs> and, and the action on the field and by missing 90 percent of it you still know what the score is sure and you can always go back and find any bit of data about what happened right but you know what happened in the stadium. Sure. And, and not as many people will. And, yeah. and that, that's kind of that curiosity, which I think is invaluable. I mean, that, yeah. that is yeah. the root of all intuitive processes. Well, and, and what I've noticed over the years in, in my own process, right, it's never ending, it's a constant learning curve, is the more intuition I access, the bigger capacity I have to scan, mm. care, do more for others, you know, my capacity mm -hmm. grows. Mm -hmm. And, Absolutely. you know, you both were talking about people and people mm -hmm. as the biggest asset. And if, if everybody in their own timing, in their own way, built and cultivated their intuition, everybody's capacity would grow more to care about a household beyond their own, mm -hmm. a community beyond their own, a food source beyond their own. I think we would more easily have the bandwidth to consider how we're all connected. I mean, talk about the grid lines. We are all connected. When people say, oh, the web of life, there's actually <laughs> a web of life. We are electromagnetic <laughs> systems. Yeah. So, you know, you're both at leadership positions, and I just love, I love that idea of really cultivating the best in people. You know, somebody said to me once, oh, everybody's expendable and replaceable. And I said, absolutely not. <laughs> so I know you two feel the same way. It's just about cultivating the gifts in each person, putting them in the right role. Um, Ziggy, I wanted to ask you, you grew up in Santa Barbara. Yes, indeed. You are in a family with a very famous uh, painter. You've had very strong female leadership in your family. You, very, you married a very strong, powerful wife, woman. And how has all of that <laughs> impacted your intuition? Well, um, I guess the early part of my life, I was more of an, an actual artist, yeah. meaning uh, illustrator, and did that even through high school, semi-professionally, doing uh, work for skateboard companies and mm -hmm. surf companies, mm -hmm. T-shirts and, you know, that kind of stuff. And I think... Um, predating that because of the influence. I was very fortunate to, in the family environment, have a lot of wonderful people come in and out that yeah. were creative, that were intuitive, that spoke their mind, that had an opinion. And even if it was off color or what have you, because they were articulate. So it didn't matter whether you agreed or not. They simply had passion and were well educated on whatever it was that they were passionate about. 
And that gave me a tremendous access to um, what I would call adult conversation. And free thinking. And free thinking, mm-hmm. and encouraged to free think. Mm-hmm. And um, whereas I was a child, you know, sitting around in a living room with people talking, and I might pipe up instead of being hushed, mm-hmm. I was encouraged. And, and yet, wasn't just given free reign. There was a certain, a very much a respect that, you know, mm-hmm. I knew this was a special thing that was happening because that was, everyone treated each other sacredly, mm-hmm. you know, and that it's very almost like the talking stick, right? Yeah. You know, that went around. Yeah. And so uh, even though there was dialogue and debate and fun stuff, so it, it was uh, having the female component as strong leadership in my life and people who are, are passionate about making a difference, uh, for me, I think was, was, what I can't even define as the beginning of yeah, maybe all no of this. Separation. I don't. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You know, I had my own awareness of my own intuition at a certain point. Yeah. But I felt like I was very fortunate to be immersed in it early on. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I was told that children should be seen and not heard. <laughs> so, <laughs> very different upbringing, and yet both my parents were great artists. It was just you know East Coast, New England. <laughs> um. I was hippies, hot tubs, and grape stomps while naked. So that was my... A <laughs> <laughs> little more fun. Where, where did you grow up, Kevin? In Ohio. In o- yeah. Well, here we... East, middle, oh, west. Yeah. I think he won. He won the, oh. the childhood award. I was in an in a, in a old steel mill town. And so this is some grizzled oh, yeah. folks that were like, yeah... <laughs> I, I'm not even. What, what was yours? The children should be seen, not heard. Yeah, I'm pretty sure in my town it's more like we don't want to see nothing. We don't want to hear nothing. We don't even want to know nothing. <laughs> don't talk. Like there's children. <laughs> Aren't they 21 yet? <laughs> <laughs> so one of my questions, um, Kevin, is when you clue into a hunch, whether you're sharing it at the boardroom level or with your staff or even with your wife, when you have a hunch. How have you learned to present your data and validate your hunch in a data-driven world? Boy, I, that's a, geez, you should have gave some. (laughs) (laughs) You know what's funny? You actually answered this question when we were talking earlier. Was I? And what you said was confidence. Oh, well, confidence is definitely part of it. I mean, uh, for sure. Uh, <laughs> but true confidence, not, you know, but co- how do you cocky build, confidence. But how do you build confidence, though, yeah. is through uh, your experience. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, back to the sailing. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I think that uh, basically seasickness is caused when you lose your lack of confidence when you're out in the ocean Good and you're point. sailing and, and you start losing the lines and you start to lose control of the, the boat. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't matter how big the swales are and whatever. If you're extremely experienced and you're not afraid and, and that fear factor doesn't bubble mm-hmm, up and all that mm-hmm. stuff like that, you'll never get seasickness. But it's that second when when the, the mainsail flies out or the, the ship's really starting to lean, mm-hmm. uh, you start to freak out and you lose your confidence and you get seasick and so on and forth like that. Good metaphor. So, uh, it's, and it's the same with uh, my experiences, at least with the with the running these current companies, is that uh, it's from what you understand, what your knowledge base is. Um, if there's a, a specific new product or new company or new procedure that we're incorporating into the business and if i already know uh from people that i've talked with uh experiences that i've seen or uh where i've seen um some of this happened before because I've lived through it or whatever, mm-hmm. immediately I'm going to say, hey, I'm pretty confident that is or isn't going to work mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. just because of the, my experience. Um, now, you, you, you have to bring that data, though, to the table yeah. because I, we can all sit here and talk just like we are on this podcast right now all day long and be like, oh, it is what it is. But, you know, it, it, there are some things you have to provide backup for. Yeah. When you're forecasting, we're right now, this is 2018, we're calendar year company, so we're forecasting 2019 as best we can, doing our budgets. Um, and there's a lot of detail backup on what I'm providing and showing that, hey, mm-hmm. this project right here, I think is going to make 
uh, 10% more mm-hmm. uh, on the gross revenues. And, and we're going to come ahead over 5%. You know, the ownership's going to look and be like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, that sounds real good, Kev. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, hold on. And then you start going into Price the backup. Points, you start going into base. all this information mm-hmm. that you put together mm-hmm. that you're confident about because it's, it's real data. Yeah. Um, and I, I love that. I think that there are more and more leaders willing to access their intuition and they're also data driven so Mm. there's been plenty of spiritual intuitive people on the planet for many many years but they weren't speaking the language of business and so they were kind of shoved off in the corner or diminished a little bit or you know prove it to me later or i'll take your yoga class but don't tell me how to run my business because you have a hunch whereas now we're blending the skill sets right so it's a very interesting time. And how well, do and you... that's what we were talking earlier. I said, I, said I, I really walk this thin line of the old way and new way of mm-hmm. doing it. I work in the belly of the beast in downtown Los Angeles. And <laughs> yes, so you do. There's, there is some really great, you know, old school tried and true measures mm-hmm. that need integrated into this new way of mm-hmm. online experiences mm-hmm. and, and taking this technology uh, where you're not working out of a cigar box right. on a parking lot and you have sensors that show when cars show up and they can pay for themselves on the phone and whatever, you yeah. know, satellites yeah. all over, whatever. And subscriptions and right. memberships. Right, and- right. And it works so well, but then, you know, where did the money all go? <laughs> it went to <laughs> Megan's account. You're like, what the heck? You know, <laughs> we did all that and Megan got rich. What? So there, there's there's a, you know yeah that's what you're basically juggling yeah well and and the more i get into intuition i've built several businesses and certainly nothing as large as lnr group of companies but you have to um really know your why and really decide what kind of game you want to play you know which canine everybody could sell that you could have many many employees nationwide it could grow as much as you want it could be you know so how we grow things and how we distribute wealth is also going to be part of the new model. Mm -hmm. I don't think in our lifetime as we go out and build new companies, we're going to sequester all the wealth and hide it in our own bank account and pay everybody else at minimum wage. It's not who we are. It's not working on the Mm -hmm. planet. It's not working. Mm -hmm. Cost of living is going up. So, you know, when it comes down to uh, money and distribution of wealth, I think that's a very important part of the old paradigm, new paradigm mentality. And people have said to me for years, oh, well, it's just business. There's, there's, it's that's never cold. just business. There's people, there's a climate, there's, <laughs> you know. So I think um, distribution of wealth will be a huge part of the paradigm shift as well. And I think that's a, quite a bit about know the think and act locally yes right yes which we will have to do based on food security and it starts in your home yeah right so who are you with your partner or your children or your your mother-in-law or your puppy dog right (laughs) no really yeah yeah, because that's the nature of your character yeah not what the public sees you know that's a component of it but that's usually something that you've crafted and taken time to put together a lot more consciously than who you are at home. Yeah. And I, I would encourage that you know everyone just look thoughtfully. Yeah. And don't take personally uh, who they are. Yeah. Okay, gentlemen. So at the end of every show, I ask the guests if they want to to offer up a call to action to the audience. So I'd love for you each to give a call to action. You know, the it's basically homework for the audience or an inspiring thing to go out and do. So who would like to go first? I'll jump in. Okay. <laughs> and a book that I read recently, and I'm a modest reader. I don't read a whole lot. I, read a, I consume a lot of information. <laughs> but that's not the same as like pleasure reading or, or really growth or, or, uh, or just to kind of zone out. Um, but The Fifth Agreement... Mm-hmm. The, the Four Agreements is, is kind of a, yeah, a well-known book. And the Fifth Agreement is a newer one. I like what was added in the Fifth Agreement. Okay. And it encapsulates the Four Agreements also, okay. a little with a, um, more brevity. Okay. But you get the essence of it. But I, I would highly recommend that everyone listening to this take the time, check it out. It's, I'm sure there's e-books and Kindles and, you know, besides that, I like hard copies myself. Um, I would encourage you to... to 
take that on and just try it on because the the message there for for all of us I believe is profound and simple and very accessible awesome great I got two so I'm trying to think what's better because uh, they're pretty I'll, I'll, I'll go pretty big I'll go with the one because I, I just recently came back from one and uh, it was a vacation uh, which we already talked about. We were up mm -hmm. here in, in Santa Barbara, San Inez, mm -hmm. um, and I I can't stress it uh, enough. And obviously, so does most of the psychiatric world and and around. Is you, you've got to take a break. Yeah, you have to schedule that break, uh, and it, it's so important in recharging your batteries and. And, and doing something differently and, and disconnecting because we're so connected nowadays yeah. uh, in the palm of our hands. It's hard to escape phone calls, emails, all that good stuff like that. And that was what we did for the vacation was we came up here to the wine country and uh, we got a place that didn't have a TV. Uh, it, it limited access to to uh, the internet and and the Wi-Fi's of the world, and we hopped on the backs of horses and and uh, trotted around the the countryside up here. So, which was also it. I think maybe it might be a challenge too with with uh, some folks not just getting the time, but then being oh, how do we afford to go to Hawaii? How do we afford to go to scale that down too? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You can take a great vacation only miles away from mm -hmm. where you're at. I think look look where you are first and, and, and where it is that you can experience a really fun time. Start with that just so you don't procrastinate on taking vacation because you're not ready to go to Hawaii or, or wherever. Yeah, just, just, just look there and, and do something different and break out, of your, break out of your shell on that. Excellent. That is excellent advice. Well, thank you, both of you, for taking the time today, Kevin and Ziggy. Um, special thanks to The Sandbox for having us here today and to Aniracom for their production and creative support, marketing, and distribution expertise. Bye for now. This is Megan Joy Haverda, your host of One Hour of Sunshine. We'll see you in two weeks for the next show. Mm -hmm.